And welcome to the Sunrise and Shine podcast. My name is Stephen, and I'm here with the lovely and talented, gorgeous and intelligent Mrs. Shelley Nelson. <laughs> yeah, do you want to say anything? Hi. I give you all that, and you say hi. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So if you're a regular podcast listener, you've probably been wondering where the heck are all my podcast episodes <laughs> because it's been very sporadic this year. Um, but yeah, so we did one a couple weeks ago on uh, parenting. We and did, yes. We're going to kick it off again here tonight. We typically, uh, yeah, for full disclosure, this we're recording this on a Wednesday night. We typically have a Bible study from Awakened Church gathered in our home or, or somewhere else if we happen to have a Bible study circle in a different area. Uh, but for tonight, people were sick and there were flat tires and issues such as that. And so we decided we would come on and address a couple of things that were suggested for my podcast. And so we're going to do that and definitely going to jump into the Bible study aspect of that as well. So that's where we're headed. So there's two questions and we're going to our two topics, I guess. Um, and we're going to kind of work our way through them and um, take, you know, 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes, and do this. So the first one is this. Uh, we were asked to address offensive comments in public that people don't know you hear or don't care that you hear. So I guess the perspective would be someone is someone makes an offensive comment about you in public and they don't know you overhear them make that comment or they just simply don't care. And the other one is um, these will kind of go together. That's why we're doing both of them. Um, how to get out of emotional and mental ruts. It's that's its own thing. That's that's probably where I feel like I'll spend a lot of my energy on. But let's talk about that first one because uh, again, we're recording this podcast and the uh, the 2021 Tokyo Olympics are taking place. And kind of where the hot topics for this particular week, especially, has been Simone Biles, the gymnast. And she is a phenomenal athlete, a great entertainer. She does, you know, all those those things. But she obviously has had some uh, mental and emotional stress, um, as probably every athlete that goes to the Olympics, you're on this high. But also, there's a lot of stress that goes with it, no doubt. Um, but she pulled out, and initially there were reports came out that she had looked like maybe she had an angle injury or something, and then she made a. Uh, you know, a couple of interviews and said, no, this was, she just was emotionally uh, struggling to the point where she felt like she was a detriment to the team. And so she stepped aside and actually was a cheerleader for the, for the other team, for, or for the other uh, teammates. Um, and was just, to me, I just watched that and was like, she just seemed so full of joy to be cheering others on. But anyway, that's kind of, and, and a part of that stress comes from this idea of the offensive comments made in public, people don't know you here, don't care that you hear, um, because there is there has been quite a few through social media. One particular person wrote a piece, and that got picked up, and people were talking about how that um, her things were too tough, too hard for other people to do, and so they were penalizing her for it, and so everybody jumped on that as if it were gospel. And that kind of built to more more press and more stress and more pressure, um, and so she just felt it. And those kind of things happen on social media all the time, and that's a good example of it. And you can share your thoughts on that for sure. But I think they happen in reality. They happen all the time too when you're at the restaurant or you're at church 
or someplace like that and someone will make a comment and either not know that you overhear them make a rude comment or not care anyway what you what do you well i mean as far as simone biles's situation is concerned you know they are all of the athletes are there without their support systems their families couldn't come their you know their people couldn't be there they're all completely flipped upside down for time zones so you know people are staying up until three o'clock in the morning to watch their kid on television and honestly those athletes you know they worked they suffered they put their money into training they did all the work and if she needs to pull out then let her pull out it's none of our business you know, yeah. that's her well-being, and she is the best judge of what to do for her well-being. Yeah, um, for sure. I heard uh, one gymnast, um, male gymnast, say she's not a metal factory. We don't own Simone Biles. <laughs> we have no right to demand things from her. So, you know, what she has to do for herself, she should be able to do. Um, for sure. For the just normal comment part, that kind of depends on who the comment's coming from as far as as my take on it. Um, I stopped a long time ago listening to people that don't have a, don't have any weight in my life. If you are somebody who just randomly passes me at Walmart and says something crude, I don't care. <laughs> you aren't yeah. important <clears throat> to my well-being. Um, and if you are important to my well-being and you say something, then we have, you know, that's a deeper, much deeper issue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, right on, for sure. Um, I will say this, and I don't want to spend a lot of time because this is not about the, the Olympics and Simone Biles. It just happens to coincide with this. But uh, overwhelmingly, I mean, I know there's stress and pressure, but overwhelmingly I've observed that people are – with her, behind her, I'm supportive of her. I haven't I've, seen much I've of anything. I've seen, I've seen two. I think I've seen two comments from from people that I know um, that uh, that they on social media made comment about basically suck it up. Um, basically, and then and that one went back to um, Carrie Strug, who was pushed to finish at 16 years old when she had a broken foot, and she like she. Fantastic! I mean, awesome. She did a did her routine with a broken foot and nailed the landing with one on one a one footed landing, which is ridiculous, absolutely. But by eighteen, she was done. Um, I mean, right. And, and so there was, you know, that's great. She finished it with. She was pushed by her coach to finish it with with a broken foot, which to me, I'm like, is abuse crazy. in my opinion. That's crazy. child abuse. Yeah, that's craziness. But you know. But they were com making that comparison. We're like, you know, she could do it. You need to suck it up. And but only a couple of people. Overwhelmingly, there's been support and 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 uh, a positive feedback about Simone Biles' decision that she made um, to do that. And uh, who she's, you know, she's a young lady. She's not a child, um, and she's able to make that kind of decision. And I'm right. glad I'm glad she is able to make that decision. But I think when when people make off offensive comments about you in public. Um, that when you it's gonna hurt and I, and I get what you're saying you just you know if that's somebody I don't know or, or they don't hold any weight with me for me I get that but I'm gonna have to like work through it I, I immediately if they you know somebody's like you know look at his the, the things I find offensive aren't I mean I could like just jokingly say look at his hair but that's like 
one time somebody asked me. I was coming. I was I was actually um, at at a church and I was interviewing with a whole like pretty much the whole church to to possibly become the pastor of the church. And this guy says, older gentleman, balding, very balding, and he said, "You do you get upset if people make fun of your hair?" And I said, as long as you don't get upset if I don't make if I make fun of your lack of hair. And everybody laughed, and that was that was that. Um, and I think you're right. Who it is makes a difference, but it also it can hurt no matter who it. You know, for me, we have kids, and kids say stuff, and they have no no idea that is rude or offensive. They just say that. You know, Niall, our nine year old, he will say. Wow, look at that really old man, which that's just an observation to him. That's not something that any person would really like say out loud, but that's just how he's wired, you know. You know, someone's weight or the size of them. He might say that. And as a parent, that's a little you're kind of embarrassed because you know how that can hurt somebody's feelings or whatever, but you also know that you know, he, he doesn't understand that. So you have to work with that. <laughs> but as a person who's hearing that, they don't know, right. you know, and, you know, to be, Hey, look at that old man that's standing in our way. Um, you don't know that this is a, a, a child that has, you know, um, a capacity to not understand that. Um, and so it's, it's a, it's a learning curve all the time uh, on whichever side you're on. And for me, I tried to default to something that a, a, a friend said a number of years ago that stuck with me. And uh, his name's Pastor Fred. And Pastor Fred said this in a context of a whole bunch of us of different skin colors, different denominations, all being together for, for you know, for fellowship and prayer. And Pastor Fred said, the reason why I can get along with you is because I can get, I can, on my part, I can get along and make it work with anyone because I choose to not be offended. And so in some cases that's easier said than done, but also it's a choice. So sometimes it has to be, it's work to make that choice. And so whenever someone would make a comment in public, and especially if they don't know that I hear, if if I'm assuming, if if I, you can tell usually, usually, not all the time, if it's somebody that they don't know or, or if they're being overtly rude and saying something they want you to hear, that's another thing too. But to choose to not be offended and just ignore it. And you have a good rule of thumb. Like if it's just somebody that I don't know and their their opinion carries no weight with me, then I don't care at all. When I was growing up, I was extremely sensitive to everything that was said. Um, I was an ugly, freckly, bad teeth, bad eyesight child. And it happened a lot. And so I had, I had to get over it or get buried. And so I got over it because <laughs> you have to. And so now know. if it's not, you know, if it's not somebody that really, that really means something to me, then I choose not to be offended because yeah. That's I'm good. never going to see this person again. Right. I'm never going to have, you know, we're never going to interact again. Right. And it's not worth my emotional energy. And it's, and it's depending on what it is too. If it's something I'm already, I'm already emotionally have an insecurity about, it's going to be tougher. Like if I if yeah, if I, I already that. have like a, a I don't want to say an issue but if I, if I already have an insecurity in that area and they make they they comment on that um, I've had that happen like I'm I am pretty secure in a lot of ways but there's a few places where there's an insecurity and somebody will jokingly say something and and I have to choose to be not offended because I know it's a joke it's a rib it's it's not they're not meaning they're not intention is not to offend 
but to be lighthearted. And so sometimes I have to just take that and be the mat- be the mature, more mature person mm-hmm. and just swallow the pride. And at some point there may be, and there has been times I've said, you know, hey, that you said something that kind of hurt me. And sometimes you can just let it go and it never happened. And other times the relationship, if it's going to be like what it needs to be, you have to just come out and say, hey, that happened a long time ago. You probably didn't even know it hurt my feelings, but it did. And just to kind of like not have it happen again. So, well, and, and the flip side of that is, um, you know, I'm trying when we're out in public with the, the boys and something like that happens to to try and teach the difference between something said in sarcasm that's funny and something that's offensive. Yeah. Because there's a line. Yes. And yes. you have to figure out where that line is. There's a line and between... And you have to teach your kids where that line is every time or they're not going to understand. Yes. You can be... You can... You can be funny and not be rude. It's possible. You just have to know. But a lot of people, (laughs) um, yes, it was sarcasm. But it can be sarcasm and funny. Or it can be sarcasm and mean. Right. And, you know, there's no no excuse for sarcasm and mean. Exactly. It was just sarcasm. No, that doesn't cut it, buddy. (laughs) Right, right, right. We have a lot of friends that... um, that um, will we'll say, you know, they have a insecurity or self-conscious about part of their body, and I, I get that, um, you know, and it's it, people do make nasty comments without realizing it, and it turns into mental abuse. Um, yes. And I think that's, you know, and, and whether you realize it or don't realize, it's like, oh, I didn't mean to, great, apologize. And, and don't then, do it again. And then don't do it. But the know? second time and the third time... That's not right. that's not true anymore. Yeah. And here's one thing that that I would say to to all of us, self included, is when we realize that that, that how that hurts us, and how it's how sometimes we have to make ourselves choose to not be offended, and that's hard work, and that's that's mental stress as well, and emo- it takes an emotional toll on you to choose not to be offended because you may have to like make that choice all day long. <laughs> then cashiers then and che- waiters, but then and check people. yourself. Then put yourself in that position. Walk in the other person's shoes and go, okay, if that's how it made me feel, then I'm not going to be someone who makes nasty comments about somebody else. Um, and, you know, and, and check your own. Because if we can all, like, I don't want to say police ourselves, but if we can all, like... Exercise your e- edit button. Exercise your edit button for yourself, then it would help all of us get along. Yeah. And so tying that into this, the other part of this tonight is how to get out of emotional and mental ruts. And I think what happens is sometimes things that things can just happen, things like we were just talking about, um, our self-esteem, insecurities that we have, be it things other people say or, or uh, things we grew up kind of believing about ourselves, they can lead us to ruts. And a rut is something you, you're stuck in. A, a mental and emotional rut is is when you're mentally and emotionally like stuck in a time when there seems to be no growth, no traction, um, it's probably maybe tied to depression a lot of times. Um, and so how do you deal with that? How do you get out of that? Do you have any Well, thoughts? I mean, uh, not uh, anything giantly deep or anything like that, but um, my first thought is, you know, when you're stuck in that situation, you you can't focus on that situation because... 
what you feed is what's going to be supremely, you know, most powerful in your life. So when you're feeding the obsession with that rut, I'm stuck here, I don't know what to do, I'm stuck here, I don't know what to do, the more you focus on it, the more it's going to have, more power it's going to have in your life. Yeah. Um, not saying that if you have a serious issue, you know, it needs to be addressed, but you have to take the steps to address. You can't just sit there and, and brood about it all the time. <laughs> Um, but that's, I mean, that's my main thing. You change your focus to something else that, you know, will, will, distraction is a great thing. And mm-hmm. sometimes all you need is a nice distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me kind of, I have some thoughts on that. That was, this is one of those things that just kind of like immediately makes me go, oh yeah, I've, I've done this and I do this. And so. You know, with, uh, you know, it has been something that's been a part of my uh, life, my my philosophy of life, my my, you know, how I do things uh, for so long that it's not even something I think about anymore. But it took me, you know, a long time of doing some certain things on purpose to be able to get to, you know, specifically be able to like just do this. Um, the first thing I would say is when you have uh, mental and emotional ruts, and you're like, how do I come out of a mission? Uh, mental or emotional rut that I may be in is to realize this. This is something that I had to learn is that we all have specific seasons and cycles that we go through. We all have certain times of the year that we are have more energy and we have less energy. You are more productive, we're less productive. We're more creative, we're less creative. That's a part of the rhythm of how we are created. That's how we how we work. And that's not something I like knew and just figured out. I just would wonder like, you know, why am I always tired? Why am I going through this? Why am I in this dry season? Why am I, uh, you know, why am I feeling depressed all of a sudden? And then I realized as I as I began to learn about this is that the these rhythms are real. And so to learn about this is to like to learn your your specific rhythms. For me, it's like when it's less daylight and colder temperatures. It's just that's just a trigger that I, I get less productive. I have less energy. I have less want to. I have less creativity. That's why I know now when it comes to November, I've got stuff planned and in the works and already like ready to tick the boxes for December, January, and February. It's like it's lined up. It's, it's not all completely done, but the hard part of figuring out like um, structure and strategy of being a pastor and specifically talk about the creative aspect of the art and science of the sermon. That's a big part of this. Um, that, you know, I, I know that in November, things for de- December, January, and February are pretty much lined up. And, you know, there's still work to do, but I've, I spent a lot of energy ahead of time because I know I'm going to be less creative. I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm not going to have that creative energy there during that time of the year. And knowledge is power. So if you get to know yourself and know your own rhythms, then you have the power to do something about it. You have the power to like, okay, I know this rut is coming and it's okay because I, it's a season. It's not necessarily a rut that I got into, but it's a season that I go through. And a lot of times we get in emotional and mental ruts. It's because that's that season for us. And you may not have the same one as I do. I think we're all different. So how do you get, how do you do that? How do you, how do you find out what your rhythm is? And there's a lot of ways I would say one is just take note of your own self, no matter how old you are, young, young or older, um, kind of think back when, when 
in the, the time of the year do you seem to have less energy? Or when do you seem to have the most energy? When are you the most productive? When are you the least creative folks? When are you the most creative? When are you the least creative? And make note of that. And, and, you know, for yourself, you can kind of see, okay, I can see this. And you may have to, like, take some time. It actually took me a full year of kind of, like, really paying attention to how I was feeling and what days, what time of the day, what days of the week, what what weeks of the month, what months of the year. that And so I actually was able to chart out, like, what it looked like. And I was like, wow, now this makes sense. And so, you, get, you know, if you uh, take note of your own feelings when you're the most tired and, th- and those kind of things. And also... Use use these tools that are out there now. The per, like personality test, the Enneagram is a huge one that's out there, and and some people like don't like them. Some people do like them. I'm telling you, for me, when it comes to specifically this idea of how do you get out of emotional and mental ruts, um, is knowing my personality is this way. I know I'm an Enneagram seven. I know that yeah that I'm you know when when. Folks are like, we we can't make it to the party. <laughs> we can't make it to the Bible study. I've got to do something to head off the feeling of missing out or being or, or um, being disconnected or whatever. And so here we are recording a podcast with a live stream on Facebook with some great great interaction with uh, some of our awesome family friends and church family at the same time. Um, and so getting to know that, have you ever, have you thought about that? I know it's not something oh, we've yes. really talked about a lot. Um, people are amazingly unself-aware. Yes. I know things about myself that are very important for me to know in order to regulate my, you know, my responses and my behaviors that, you know, for a long time I just did things and had no clue where it was coming from. So know yourself. Yes, absolutely. That's very important. Um, another thing you might want to think about is when you've hit that spot where you, you know, this is a rut and I can't get out of it, maybe it's just time to rest for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's exactly. time to pick up a calm hobby and just chill and let God talk to you. Yes. You don't always have to be fighting through something or doing something. You know, sometimes you can just listen. And learn something amazing about yourself or about your family. And then you can take that and move forward. Right. Sometimes ruts are just there to make you pause. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's not to say that you, you, you stop daily life. Oh, absolutely I mean, not. When I go through every, I know it's coming now. And it's, this has been like three or four years since I've been very aware of this. And I know it's coming, and I prepare for it. And so, but I still function. I'm still a husband, a father, a pastor, a sure. friend. Um, I still go and, and do the things that I have to do. Um, but at the same time, I I build a lot more time in, and I'm very, very, very much of a uh, extrovert. And I get energized. Oh, no, with, not and you. I get, and I get very energized with being around people. But during that season of that, that every year, it's like I really don't. I really. It's almost like I get inverted for a, a couple of months where it's like I, I really And I'm I the really opposite get, because I, that's holiday time and I'm all about yeah, parties and people coming over and, and having helps. meals. And, and that helps because that kind of stuff, it happens naturally without me having to give energy to Because if it. they're in my house, then it's cool. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So come to the Christmas party. Hopefully we, will Hopefully, have, we will have we'll be able to have party. one this, this time, this year. Um, let me give you um, some, some things that, that help. Um, but there's some specific questions coming up, and we can address those. Um, but you had mentioned something a while ago, and, and I would I would include this in 
I found to help work through of getting out of emotional and mental ruts is to shake it up, like shake, shake it up. And not like the song, which the song helps you sing the song. Um, that's, I guess that's shake it off. Now, shake it up is the cars. That's the eighties. It's always go to the eighties, but do something different. Read, read something different. Um, you know, if you like me, all I read all year long is either theology or leadership or theology and leadership (laughs) (laughs) or Christian living. And and that's all I read all the time. And so when it comes to that time of the year, I'm going to pick up probably something fiction. I'm probably going to pick up some graphic novels or comic books that I, I love. I've always loved, but I don't bother spending time reading those throughout the year because I'm always reading this other stuff. But in that time of the year, it just, it doesn't stick. And so read something different, watch something new. Like, you know, it's okay to like, I'm just going to veg out and binge watch something. But binge or watch, watch something old. Yeah. Rewatch, <laughs> rewatch something that's, that's, that you love and you know every word of. That's when you get, when you're in an emo, emotional that's and mental That's a comfort rut, thing. Yeah. Pull out Princess Bride and watch oh, it for the 337,000th time and quote every word of the movie. Because when it's over with, it's like you've, you've spent some time with a good friend. Yeah. That's the way it is. So try something new. Or that's a great idea. Do something, something for bad. yourself. Yeah, another one, another thing I would say is fellowship, and whether you're an extrovert or introvert or however your whatever your seasons are like, realizing that you're not alone in this is huge. Fellowship may mean you have uh, an online connection, uh, a, a group chat or something, or a um, you know a, a club or whatever you call them these days that you're a part of, a network, or it's like you know in person you gather with people, gather with people and do life together. I know that's a phrase that that's kind of overrun its course but you're but when you fellowship you realize you're not alone and helping you get out of uh the eventual emotional and mental ruts we're in it's a it's a huge blessing to realize i'm not the only one that goes through this other because a lot of times what happens is you'll be going through uh, a, a depression or one of these a, a rut like this and you'll feel like i'm the only one that ever feels like this and mentally, in the back of your mind, you know you're not the only one. But because it's emotional, you feel like you're the only one. And so if you can find a way to really, truly fellowship with other people, it'll help build you and get you through that. Because, again, realizing most of the time these are seasons. This is part of the rhythm of how we are created. And so it's it's going to pass. And so the, the fellowship helps you get through the time while it's passing. And then the last thing I would say is, and this is, you know, particularly pertaining to Christ followers, Christians, is Scripture. Scripture is huge in this. This is why I tell people, like, read your Bible, memorize verses, have a life verse, have have a, have favorite verses that you that because they come to mind to you. And so, if you intentionally know this is going to be, this is when I'm an emotional and mental rut. Go to those passages that have uplifted you before, and you've made note of them. One of the things I did for this year, I was like, I need to do something new for this year to get me out of kind of an emotional, mental rut, but with praying for people because it's 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 exhausting sometimes. And I don't want to say don't send me prayer requests because I I will always pray for you and pray with you, but you can get overwhelmed and exhausted with praying. For for lifting up other people by being an intercessor for others. And so what I did was like, this year I want to do something different, and I want to pray for specific people, maybe even people I haven't prayed for before. So I put it on my Facebook page and said, I I want to pray for you this year. Give me your favorite verse, and I'll put you on the calendar. 
And so, and then I got several of them. I got, well, close to their birthday, the week of their birthday. And so I got this whole, on my calendar, on every Sunday, um, there's a couple, like Easter I missed, and I think my birthday was on a Sunday, so I skipped that week. And I just, so there's about, you know, close to 50 or so people this year that I've prayed for specifically. Some of them I've, I've never even really met except through Facebook. Um, and I put their name and if they gave me their birthday, their birth date on my calendar and the scripture. And so what I did to prepare for today in the last couple of hours as I got ready to do this, I was like, I'm going to take the, the scriptures for this month and some for next month and just say, here's what is encouraging people. And this is these are passages of scripture that we may find a lot of encouragement in. And so the, the first one is, it's actually Psalm 139. It's a little lengthy, but, but, but listen to this. You know, if you're thinking about how do I get out of emotional mental ruts, go to the scripture. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you've examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel, when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You're, you place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me, <laughs> right? And the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the darkest of, dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. O oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked and get out of my life the murderers that blaspheme you, then the enemies misuse your name. O oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. You can express this. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's that that whole chapter, as I was like looking at that, I was like, I'm just going to pick out a, a few verses. And I'm like, no, this person said Psalm 139 is their life verse for a reason. That entire chapter captures what to do when you find yourself in emotional or mental rut. you have anything to say before I go to another verse? No, go ahead. Okay. Another one is, is uh, Proverbs 3. Um, oops, I skipped it. I mark these so I get to them faster and then I mess it up. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, that When you are going through a an emotional or mental rut, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. You see, folks shared this. Like, this is, this is my life verse. 
And why is this their life verse? Because without knowing it, without putting words to it, most likely when they go through the season of what we're calling an emotional or mental rut, they're going through that downtime. That that's part of the rhythm of life. We realize that now, that they are finding that you know what, that verse comes to me every time, every and every season it comes to me. Another one was in Isaiah, Isaiah forty verse um, thirty and thirty one says that when you're going through a time when you feel exhausted and tired, even depressed, even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's a great promise for that, uh, that season that we go through, that uh, an emotional or mental rut that you may get stuck in. In the New Testament, someone's life verse was a verse that I absolutely come to on a regular occasion um, for my own when I get when I get my own um, emotional rut or, or mental rut that I might get in, or, or even spiritual dryness, whatever you know the term. It's the same thing. It's the term that we use. Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That means even the emotional and mental, spiritual rut that you may be in and you may go through, God God causes everything to work together. He doesn't cause everything, but he causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Galatians 2.20 there's two more, so hang with me. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When I'm going through an emotional, a mental, spiritual rut, I, re I can remember that. I live in this earthly body. I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. He loves me and gave himself for me. And then Philippians 4.13, probably a life verse for a lot of people, this one. It says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You can back that up to the verse before that. And it says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned that secret of living in every situation whether on a full stomach or an empty stomach with plenty or little, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So when you are in emotional or a mental rut, how do you get out of it? Remember, this is part of the rhythm of how we're made. So knowledge, acknowledge that and know that it's a season that you're going through and know that it's not a season that lasts forever. Know that you can... What you can do is shake things up, try something new, or go back to something that just is very comfortable for you and sit in that for a while. Maybe it's, like we said, a book, a TV show, a movie. Um, I have two favorite books of the Bible, and when I'm in that kind of zone, right? that's what I read. Yeah. Um, those, are my, those are my comfort books, yeah. <laughs> and I read the whole book. It's not Ecclesiastes, um, is it? It is. Oh, my Ecclesiastes Lord. and Hebrews are my two favorite books. <laughs> how is I'm weird, a, how apparently. How is Ecclesiastes a comfort book? It is, oh my to goodness. me. You're um, awesome. I, my, I mean, I just, you know, first off, stop beating yourself up. Yeah. 
you know, I'm not saying you can't take steps to improve, but stop beating yourself up about it. You know, you're, you know, life's rough enough as it is. Let's not make it harder. Um, and, and take your comfort, you know, do those things that not only feed your relationship with God, but supply you with, with comfort. Yes. Very good. Great. There you go. All right. Good.